from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs have got their guy and cleaned up the way they have to go about this draft. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I'm Ryan from Rogue Analytics as well as RGR Football on YouTube. And the Athletic Matrix is out. The Rogue Analytics draft guide is coming next week. We'll have a code for you for a big discount. This is production and athleticism. Make sure that you get that before this draft begins because it is imperative to those two things go into selections and the Chiefs have actually been able to help themselves out in the way that they have to make selections in this draft. And that is simply by renewing a contract for the player they already had. Now, Bashad Breland had become a free agent. He had tested the market. The market was not there for him. It was not what he expected. And as time rolled on, it became more and more likely that a deal was set to be struck between the Kansas City Chiefs and Bashad Breland, a guy that they know well that has made some plays for them. He has his Achilles heels, whatever his shortcomings are. The Chiefs know them very well. And in, again, a season where the offseason is kaput, completely lost at this point, and you're going to have to roll into, as we see now, roll into training camp fresh, a guy that knows the scheme, that knows the calls, that knows the players that he's playing with, is a big advantage over a rookie right now. I think that's where the Chiefs are coming from. And it also helps that while Bashad made some of those plays for the Chiefs, he didn't garner himself the image across the league that would get him paid at the level that he wanted to. So, yes, Bashad Breeland is back. He is penciled in right now as one of your starters, no matter what. But the key is, he's back at a contract that makes him very, very affordable. A one-year deal at $4.5 million. That is very cheap for the level of experience for a guy that made some big plays down the stretch and helped them win a Super Bowl. He will be back. It looks like right now, if you had to go to a football game today, you have Breland who started last season. You have Ward who started last season. You're in good shape there. Fenton would then slide into the nickel position. I don't think that's actually where it's going to stay. While he put in some good reps, I do feel that they still need to upgrade and get another player in there. I don't think that that precludes them from doing anything specific in the draft, but it does have a big impact. You're not going to have much left out there in free agency. So the draft is where you still have to look. And quite frankly, this is a one-year deal for Breland. Uh, The future is still what this is about in gaining talent at the position. When we get back from this, we're going to jump into how they're going to go about that and what this does for what they have to look at as a whole on draft day. To get your copy of The Athletic Matrix, go to rogueapc.com and use the code LOC20 to get 25% off of your purchase of The Athletic Matrix Metrics Report for the 2020 NFL Draft. That's over at rogueapc, that's R-O-G-U-E-A-P-C.com, and get The Athletic Matrix today. Now, this is a big signing, one that we've kind of been wondering about, but it certainly fits the bill now. They got him back on a cheap deal, and Bashad Breeland actually changes not just his position or his secondary, but the way that they can look at the entire draft, because now they can truly be more open to any position at all. It isn't the impetus that you have to go get someone who can be out on the field tomorrow. They don't have to have a tier two or higher cornerback in this draft. Because they have Bashad Breland. They don't need an instant starter. 
They need someone that they feel can become the guy they want, and if they don't get to choose him at 32, that's perfectly fine. It allows them to look at other needs, like the linebacker position, especially a coverage linebacker, which we have heard multiple times that the Chiefs are leaking out there that are very interested in coverage linebackers. Right now, there's probably only one that they're going to have a shot at. Um, if I'm reading the tea leaves of, of where uh, teams value these linebackers, but it is something that they can get done if they choose to. It also means that unless there is a trade of some kind that garners them additional picks, that I doubt they can move up in this draft. If they did, it would require multiple moves back in order to try to get the kind of volume that you can add to your roster for not this season, but 2021 and beyond. So in that case, it lets you go with whoever you have at the top of your board. This truly opens the whole thing up. You could have a linebacker there. In in reading the tea leaves, it seems like Patrick Queen is the guy that is going to be number three out of the top three, which could put him at the bottom of the first round, top of the second kind of area, the Chiefs, I think, would probably be interested in taking him if these smoke screens are not actually screens. But it also opens you up to taking the top interior lineman that you want. It also opens up that if you feel Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz are getting closer to the end of their careers than you're comfortable with, you can go grab a tackle right now. And there are five maybe six that you could feel comfortable taking at 32, certainly at, say, 40 if they were to trade back a little bit. It opens up those options. It opens up things like an edge rusher. It opens up, really, an offensive weapon if you want somebody that is highly touted. I still don't feel that it's running back, and I had a long discussion uh, with Danilo the other day on RGR Football you can go check that out, and we we can go back and forth about the value of a first-round running back that I don't see is there, but he clearly does. Uh, and he's all about supporting weapons for Mahomes. That could come into play if there's a, there's a Mims there or something like that. I think this makes the Chiefs draft much less predictable, and quite frankly, it should be more entertaining. Uh, but I do feel like they can truly get better at wherever they feel the best player at a given position is at a point on the board. Unless there's a trade, I do feel that they continue to try to to trade back, but this lightens the load. They can take a second-tier linebacker and be comfortable. They can take a second-tier cornerback and be comfortable. Um, they don't have to stretch. They don't have to push. They don't have to reach. This allows them a little bit of a safety blanket, and I think that's really what the goal was overall, and they were counting on... Um, their stars not crossing and getting a chance to get Breland back. I'm glad that they did. I think that helps them overall. I'll be very interested to see where it goes from here. Now, I do want to add a couple of guys that are on my watch list. As I'm going through and starting to do more film, as I'm wrapping up the Rogue Analytics draft guide, which should be out very soon, a couple of guys stand out to me. Some smaller school guys that I think you should keep an eye on. Lower round guys that now are able to be selected because they don't have to, quote unquote, fill needs in the top 100. But Amik Robertson, I think, is going to be a third or fourth round cornerback that really stands out as a guy that I think can excel at the next level. His teammate, Jerry Sneed, is another safety to keep an eye on. There's a concept of a falling Grant Delpit, another safety prospect that with the injury to Juan Thornhill 
as well as the departure of Kendall Fuller, uh, Armani Watts being pressed into action in game time is not a concept I think the Chiefs are going to be particularly comfortable with. So we could see a safety come off the board to in, to add to that bulk. In years past, they have kept five and five at times. Uh, that is five cornerbacks and five safeties. So just having four on the roster currently might be a little bit thin for what Steve Spagnuolo is thinking. He does want to deploy three safeties quite often. So don't put that out of your mind. And then there is a couple of really interesting prospects that could fill roles, especially if Chris Jones is here. It would definitely need to be a lower draft pick, somebody that can fill in in a rotation. But you have to look at the way they've gone about the defensive end position, not the classic edge rusher, more of a stout defensive end edge setter that can play anywhere from uh, maybe shaded inside all the way to a three, but all the way out to uh, the end and the wide nine. Guys like Tano Pasnio, guys that have some athleticism that is honestly a little bit short in this class, but for any team that has that philosophy, like the Chiefs do, it's actually set up to be quite a number of interesting guys that they can use in relief of what we expect to be Alex Okafor starting at the defensive end spot opposite of Frank Clark. Obviously, Tano Pasnio is still in the brown, but there are guys like Anthony Jennings, who's going to go late, maybe fourth, maybe fifth. Could he sneak into the third? It's a possibility, but there's another name to keep an eye on. Uh, I've seen Curtis Weaver bopped around a couple times. I think he's probably a second, early third round pick that people are keeping their tabs on as a possible fit uh, because of some versatility. And there's also some guys that really don't have a fit, and they're just kind of jacks of all trades. Uh, and one name there to keep an eye on is Jason Strobridge, a kid that I actually think could be the principle of what they're trying to do with a replacement that can be almost athletically the same as Alex Okafor. So just want to throw a couple of those names out for you guys to start doing some research and seeing what you think before the guide comes out. When we get back, I'm going to continue down the road with Andy Reid and what he had to say the other day because that shapes a lot of this as well. We also need to tell you that we have a great offer on At Last, the commemorative book that was written about the Chiefs and their Super Bowl victory. It was written by Matt Derrick, who you heard the other day. You can get 25% off of this book, all about the 2019 season, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, by going to triumphbooks.com slash Chiefs win. And you use the code LOCKEDCHIEFS25, and you get a quarter, 25% off of the purchase price of At Last, the best book chronicling the Super Bowl victory by the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. Hit triumphbooks.com and use the code LOCKEDCHIEFS25. Now, I want to get back to some of the concepts that Andy Reid was discussing on his conference call about how this offseason goes and all the changes that are involved in this offseason. In particular, one of the things you have to do with the draft picks, but also with free agency, is to get a medical picture on a guy, uh, to get a physical done, but to get your eyes and doctors on him. That's a challenge right now. This is how the Chiefs are dealing with it. Yeah, well, so the, the trainers, are Rick's kind of heading that up trainers and medical um, experts in, in the league. Um, I believe they're going to do something. They're kind of going through this now. So, But I, I believe it's going to happen uh, different areas and 
working with different uh, clinics to, to get these things done, uh, you know, as they go forward. But I'm not sure anything's been actually, uh, you know, put in writing there. So, but that, I know Rick has been on conference calls about that recently. As we've talked about, having players back, especially this season, but in general for off-seasons, guys that have been on your roster that understand what you're trying to accomplish and how you're trying to accomplish it, it becomes more important this season more than any, and Andy Reid addressed that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, as many guys you can keep, you'd love to do that. I mean, that's uh, part of it. There's there's the other part. I mean, you know, Veach has got to sit there and juggle the salary cap and do all that. And so, uh, But logic tells you that as many guys you can keep uh, that, that uh, are familiar with what you're doing on either side of the ball, special teams likewise, uh, you'd like to you'd like to be able to do. But, um, but you, again, you're, there are a whole lot of variables that go into it. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's something that, that Brett and Brandt and Shea, they do all that stuff. So, I mean, it's... Uh, to get in and beat all that up and spend their time doing that while I'm on with the coaches doing our part, you know, so. Now, as a former strength and conditioning coach, I am always interested to see how teams go about putting together their offseason, how they coach guys up that maybe not are in their facility, maybe they are. Uh, guys kind of come and go, and it's a, it's a big challenge because you got to work on development even though you're not there for oversight. And particularly in a season like this, where no one's in the office, the coaches aren't in the office, the weight room is empty, it's very, very challenging. And I think that prepping returning players, even for a seasoned strength conditioning coach like Barry Rubin, becomes a challenge more so when you don't have that kind of contact. So you have to get out in front of it. Yeah, so yeah, we got on that right away with, uh, with Barry. Um, you know, he was able to get the players' workouts, and um, we haven't done anything... Uh, uh, virtually with that, that's in plan as we go forward in case uh, that's the direction you know that the league goes. So we're prepared. We'll be prepared for that when they give us uh, the okay on that. We know that the players are working out. They're out there and uh, getting their workouts in. The coaches have all checked with them, likewise, along with Barry and his crew. So. Um, we stay close with the guys and try to, at this time, try to stay in touch with them. And uh, if there are any problems that come up, to try to help them with it the best we can. So, and then as far as the other part goes, you know, the off-season program starts around the 20th, so it's uh, phase one. So we've got a little time before that. We'll just see what direction it goes. Again, that's normally a time that we use for. Uh, conditioning workout. So if we're allowed to do that virtually, we, we, we can go ahead and do that at that time. Um, and we'll try to stay in touch. And then if we're allowed to visit with the players, our WebEx units or whatever, we can we can do that. Uh, but we're prepared to do all of that. So And then again, if they're allowed back in the building, we're, we're good with that. We've got that all planned out too. So um, I think we're good either way. Andy Reid is a former offensive line coach, and the mentality for both this team uh, with him and Andy Heck has always been about versatility and being able to help the team in multiple ways. And they have a specific philosophy that Andy Reid shed some light on. We, we talked 
about this quite a little bit over the years. I, I think it's important. I mean, we've seen that we've we've drafted a lot of tackles, and that we'll go ahead and move those guys around to, uh, to guard. And then Andy tries to teach most of the guys there how to play center, and uh, in case they you know, need to work in at that spot, Andy moves those guys all around and gives them an opportunity to play guard, tackle, center, right side or left side. So it, it's kind of paid off for. Now, let me add one thing on the players that we that we were able to bring in the building to work out. Those were local guys, so it wasn't it wasn't other kids. But we we were able to get a couple of the local guys in to, to work out. Other than that, we haven't been able to go out to workouts because of the situation that we're in. So, in a year like this, after the Sammy Watkins signing, what's gone on since then? The last big thing is Chris Johnson. Andy Reid gave a small update on that situation. Listen, we've tried to stay in touch as coaches. We try to stay in touch with everybody. So, um, as far as uh, Brett, he's been doing all the other things behind the scenes uh, with that type of thing, um, and agents and, and so on. So, um, but you know, they, they, they've had communication, which is which is important in, all, in any situation. I think so uh, when you're dealing with. Uh, players and contracts and tags and all those things. The Chiefs were able to add a couple of acquisitions here in D-back Antonio Hamilton, offensive lineman Mike Remmers, and backup quarterback Jordan Ta'amu. Andy Reid had some nice things to say about all of them. Yeah, I told Ted, you know, about the defensive back. I said, other than going to South Carolina State, everything's okay. You know, we're we're glad to have him on board. No, listen, we're, we're excited about all three guys. Um, and so, uh, you know, by, by the way, Remmer's wife just had a nice baby, so, or, you know, brand new baby here. So it's, uh, that's, uh, that's good. We welcome him aboard. He's got good talent. We'll add uh, some senior leadership into that uh, offensive line group. Um, Jordan, um, I, I sure liked what I saw on tape and on TV from him. Um, now, he, he looks like he's a, a talented kid. Kind of look forward to getting him on board. And, and you know, so, listen, I think all three guys are, are, will help us and uh, uh, give us good depth. And, and uh, you know, Rimmers obviously has more NFL experience than the other guys. So he'll, uh, you know, he'll compete in there for that group. Now, Jordan Tom, who obviously had success in the XFL, and he's really going to be in there battling with Kyle Shermer as the number three spot is probably up for grabs behind Chad Henney. And Andy Reid gives you a glimpse as to what they saw with him and why he's here. Fred had looked at him, and, you know, he kind of moved around a little bit, so it was a different, a little bit different situation. But, um, yeah, they, Fred had, Fred had liked him um, at that time. Um, but I, I think the kid really, he had more opportunities, I think, here. And, uh, you know, in the new league. So, um, you know, we were able to bring him in. And listen, it gives him an opportunity to get in there and compete and, and see what he can do. And, you know, I think it'll, it'll, you know, be interesting to, to watch him uh, perform here. And with this experience from a brand new league, what does it do for that player when they try to adjust and come back to the NFL? Well, yeah. No, I mean, you, you saw uh, – the Temple quarterback, he, uh, who actually was on a couple practice squads, but he, he ended up signing with uh, 
uh, Carolina, and um, I, I know it's his old coach. I mean, I got it, but it, it's still uh, it's his old college coach, but I, it still gave him an opportunity to show. And it did the same thing for Jordan. Um, it just gave him an opportunity to show uh, with pro coaches coaching him and, uh, and, and how he'd react to those systems that they put in. I, did, I thought it was beneficial, in particular for Jordan. There's a lot of buildup towards this NFL draft for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they've gotten a lot of things done in recent days, particularly since the Sammy Watkins restructure. Hope you guys are ready for more. More is coming. Thanks for listening to us today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.